everyone. Welcome to Reservations. We are your hosts. I am Rain Whalen. And I'm the guy who does my job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> Departed. Nailed it. Oh my god. <laughs> Did I not nail that? I mean, sure. All right, Question whatever. Mark? Whatever, dude. I'm are Jer- you going to get shot in the head now? No, dude, I'm Jeremy. Oh, well, spoilers for The <laughs> Departed, everybody. Hey, movie is- welcome back to The Departed spoiling episode. Uh, the movie's like, <laughs> what, 10 years old? Oh, it's well more than <laughs> yeah, 10 years old. I think it's uh, 13 years old. Like 13. Oh, my God. Oh, and Alex is here. Oh, Alex is here. Oh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> our, our friend Alex Horton is here to join us on this wonderful occasion of talking about a Rob Zombie classic. Yes. Uh, as we mentioned last week, um, we're going to be talking about The Devil's Rejects uh, because a lot of people have been asking if we're going to do like a Halloween episode or a scary episode since it's October. And uh, we're going to do this instead. This, and, this is going to be our scary episode. And I think the last week of October will also be sort of a quasi-scary episode yeah. as well. But, you know, we'll get to that. Who knows? We'll talk about Hocus Pocus. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> We're going to talk about Ichabod Crane and uh, the Avengers of Mr. Toad. So uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Halloween Town. Oh, dude. I fucks with Halloween Town. Yeah, we all Just the first one. Not the second one? Okay, maybe the second Calibre's one. Revenge? Not the, okay, maybe the second one. <laughs> All right. But nothing after that. All right. The rest of them suck. Wow. Wow. Very strong feelings about uh, Halloween Town High. And <laughs> Dude, fuck Halloween Town High. <laughs> I hope Joel Schumacher's listening. I know he was involved with it. Probably. Yeah. At least it's, it's probably his favorite Halloween Town. You probably. Probably, uh, probably the only one he's seen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, wow, these he's, are he's like, well, there were other ones? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, so welcome back, everyone. Uh, again, we're going to be talking about Rob Zombie's film, The Devil's Rejects. Uh, we, we're not really going to talk about House of a Thousand Corpses that much. Maybe kind of talk about how it led into The Devil's Rejects and where the characters are of The Devil's Rejects. Um, but yeah, so... So Jeremy, we were kind of talking about this off mic a little bit, and you know, I had some strong things to say about uh, you really House did. of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, you did not like it. I mean, I do like House of a Thousand Corpses. Like, okay, I don't think it's as good as The Devil's Rejects. Like, I'm not saying that. Was it a bad movie? No, I wouldn't say it was a bad movie. I've seen bad movies. Was it a not good fun time movie? Yeah, no. I did not enjoy myself. <laughs> the The plot was so predictable. And yeah. as I told you, I hate saying that. But it was. It was so predictable. Like, there was no way that, that Rain Wilson and Chad Hardwick were going to get out of there alive. They were going to fucking die. It's Chris Hardwick, not Chad. But yeah, I get oh, what well, you're saying. Our apologies to Chris Hardwick um, and his... Well, apparently there's some rape allegations against him, so... Wow. I think those are all dropped. I guess were, were they? I don't know. I, I think so. I guess we're going there. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, please. please. <laughs> welcome sure back to TMZ, good. the podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they have a podcast. Jesus. Well, this is their second one. <laughs> <laughs> or a sister podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> I think uh, the problem with House was, you know, the plot was predictable. But I think it's just like the weird, like, experimental things he was doing. With it. Like Do you the think- strange filters and the weird cut angles like oh yeah do you think, I think a were, lot of that was so do you think you relied too heavily on the grindhouse 70s style in house of a thousand too much yeah. you think that's what it was i think that's what it was yeah. which is funny you say that because apparently he did do a grindhouse movie when robert rodriguez and quentin did their grindhouse movies that's awesome i don't know what it's called though i just know it was part of that grindhouse like huh thing really i did not know <clears throat> I just I was just like looking it up, see what else he he had done. I mean, I've seen like, his other stuff. I've seen Lords of Salem, which was eh, okay. <laughs> I had not seen it. I heard Thirty One was really good. I did see Thirty One, and it was, was it? it was okay. Um, the strange thing about Thirty One is, so you know where we live. Me and Rain know this guy named Billy Pond, yeah, Bloody Bill. Who has a movie called Circus of the Dead. <laughs> and the plot is like exactly like 31. <laughs> Jeremy, would you like to tell like us to... the same story that you told us when we were working sure. on the new logo? Sure. So the um, audience can hear this? Sure. This is great. And sorry about this super long aside. Um, this isn't really Devil's Rejects related, well, but it's a fun story, right? Yeah, yeah. So, we're at least six minutes in. They can handle it. So we um, have this sort of... Um, 
local Comic Con that yeah. that we have every year. At, I don't know when it started a few years ago, um, and the aforementioned gentleman. Uh, what was his name? Billy Pond. Billy Pond. Thank you. Um, he was there with the Circus of the Dead people, right? And I was there with a friend of mine, and he had a, a booth where he, you know, he makes costumes. You know, I guess you would call it cosplay, I suppose. Whatever. Um, what, whatever. He makes. Uh, I mean, that's what cosplay. <laughs> he, he makes halo armor out of uh, foam yoga mats, and it actually looks pretty oh, good. Oh, that's pretty cool. It looks really good, right? Like, he puts in a lot of time for that. Anyway, at the time, um, he, he was selling pictures of himself in these costumes with backgrounds or whatever. I guess people do that. I don't know. I would never pay for one, but that's just my personal <laughs> opinion. Um, but. Whatever. That's just a setup that I'm behind the table. Okay. Okay. And so while he was off doing whatever, no one was – shocker. No one was buying pictures, by the way. Um, and so I decided that I was going to tell people that you see that booth, Circus of the Dead over there? Well, I filmed the porno version, Cervix of the Dead, and it was shot exclusively on eight GoPro cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was really proud of that. That was on-the-spot on improv. Did you get any takers to be like, oh, where is it? Not that year. The year after oh, that, Jesus I Christ. pretended. It to be Charlie Sullivan, uh, character actor from Charlestown, Massachusetts. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a suburb of Boston. Hey, hey, listen. And I and I would do, you know I signed someone's hat as Charlie Sullivan. Um, oh my fucking god. Yeah, and we, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was in The Departed. I was in Gone Baby Gone. I was oh, in The god. Town. You the, know. Tell me, someone was like, no. You, no, you weren't. Absolutely no one no questioned any No fucking of it. way. No one questioned oh any of it. And it was pretty great. I mean, it was... <laughs> uh, yeah, Ben Affleck was all right, you know. He uh, <laughs> was an all right guy, you know. Benny, I call him, but, you know, because we'll pass, you know. Uh, and I would just... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, Benny? Yeah, yeah no. It's Benny sort for Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Benny. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. Ben is hard to say in the accent, and so you have to to really sell the accent. You have to use words and sentences that you can do with a really thick accent. So it was so much fun. <laughs> oh my God. So no, I didn't. I didn't have any takers or cervix of the dead, but I did have a lot for uh, Charlie Sullivan. Oh my God. Um, camera to actor extraordinaire. Jesus yeah. Christ. So stupid, but I had a good time. Anyways. <laughs> Thank you. So, it was all a good that, sidebar. All that to say, <laughs> apparently, cervix, cervix, I <laughs> apparently, Circus of the Dead is a like uh, or thirty one is a lot like Circus of the Dead. So yeah. I, I wouldn't, I didn't see Circus of the Dead, but um, <laughs> I just uh, directed, produced, and starred in the um, the porno remake. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I hope your your career is doing yeah. well these days. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, he's doing this. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm I'm here, so uh, <laughs> it's really catapulted my career. Um. Anyway, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, again, it like I see. I can't give Rob Zombie too much shit for House of a Thousand Corpses because that was his first, and I'd said it to you, Jeremy, off mic. It was his first theatrical. Yes. Release as a director writer, right? It was. Um, his, I think it was his definitely his first time writing anything. But I mean, as opposed to music, because you know he, he writes his music, but he also directs the the music videos for White yes, Zombie. Right? That's why I clarified. Yeah, theatrical release, which you know a lot of great film directors. That's how they started was music videos. Yeah, because music videos yeah. are kind of the exper the experimental ground for yeah. film techniques, right? That's yeah. where we get a lot of the technological or, you know, experimental advances in film is with music videos. Yeah. Like so David Fincher. And Spike Jones and yeah. It's yeah. So Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Anyway, yeah, so can we talk about Sid Haig? I want to talk about Sid Haig yes, for. We, we, I want to talk about Sid Haig for approximately five hours because I love Sid Haig so much. Okay, but we can probably cut it down. Well, uh, well, first we should tell the people who Sid Haig plays in both of these movies. He plays Captain Spaulding. Yes, and well, Captain Sp Captain Spaulding, and then in Devil's Rejects, Captain Spaulding. 
A.K.A. Daddy. Right. Uh, he is the father of Baby, right? Uh, not necessarily of Otis. Yes. Um, although I do believe they're also related. Uh, I think they're like half-brother and sister. Yeah, I think they are. That's what I was... Yeah. yeah. Well, because Otis refers to her uh, sister mm-hmm. in Devil's Rejects. I was yeah. assumed it was part of the ruse, but uh, it doesn't have to be, I guess, either. You know, so why lie? Like, uh, like Charles Manson family kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that, Alex, is like, because in House of a Thousand Corpses, when we first see Rain Wilson and Chris Hardwick and their girlfriends, Chris Hardwick is looking at the news of all the Manson women. And he's like, damn, why are all the Manson family women hot? And then, like, Rain Wilson was like, yeah, you could probably make it with Squeaky. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, we're going to go there with this movie. I mean, yep. yeah, of course. Drums on me. I mean, he goes everywhere. Yeah, of course. And, you know, to be honest, that's not too over the line to what they, uh, like, Time Magazine or Rolling Stone did with the, the Boston Bomber, right? I mean, it's the same thing. It's, what did uh, they do with the, the Boston Bomber? They, they put him on the cover, and people kept saying how handsome he was. Yeah. You don't remember that? No. Wow. Really? Okay. Holy fuck. That was a big thing. That was a huge deal. Jesus Christ. And they got a lot of flag for that. Wow. For making him into like a... Sex know, symbol? Or a celebrity, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah, so Sid Haig, um, may he rest in peace. He passed away a few weeks ago. Uh, shortly uh, after they a wrapped. Cu- a couple of days after the release of Three From Hell. Three From Hell, yeah. Yeah. Which is the third movie of this series. Yes. Which we're not going to talk about because... No, I haven't seen it. So yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I, have yeah, you not seen yet? it? No, I have not. Although I will, probably. Um, I, I really like these movies, so I think <laughs> that... Um, if it wasn't for Captain Spaulding, I think Otis would be probably one of my favorite characters in yeah. slasher movie history. I think he's just... So sadistic, you know, has a sense of humor about the awful things he's doing, which makes it even more disturbing. Uh, he's the best, man. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really crazy to see uh, – what was the actor who plays his, plays Otis? Uh, Bill Mosley. Uh, it's really crazy to see him play Otis in House of a Thousand Corpses and then see him in The Devil's Rejects because you can tell, you know, the whole movie of House of a Thousand Corpses uh, was very experimental. Mm-hmm. So you can tell he was kind of playing with the character, trying to figure out how we wanted to play him. Because then when we catch up with him in Devil's Rejects, he's almost like a completely different character. But in my opinion, more grounded. He in- is also on screen a lot more, right? Yeah. Uh, he has a lot more to do with the with the plot and the narrative. So Yeah. Well, I mean, all three of them do. Yeah. I mean, this one is the, the character study of these horrible people you met. Yeah. Three years it's ago. kind of interesting because they make them like, you know, in the first film, they're the villains. Mm-hmm. In this one, they're almost like the heroes. That's actually what I sort told. Sort of like an anti-hero yeah. almost. But That's yeah. what I told Jeremy is that like in this movie, the, the killer psychopaths are our heroes and law enforcement are the villains. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of weird to root for. Yeah. But you actually do like. I have absolutely no problem. Yeah, yeah, especially like in the very you know the last twenty minutes of the movie when Wydell is torturing them, (laughs) you're like, "Fuck, I know." And especially when he, you know, he doesn't actually do it. This is the easiest way to start when he pretty much crucifies Otis in the chair. Oh yeah, hits the nails through his hands. I thought you were going to say when he staples the picture. Ah, That that was uh, nothing to to Syria. No, that was nothing until until he like. Puts his fucking nails mm-hmm. right through his hands. Yeah. And, like, when you see it, then it just goes right through the hand and the the handle on you the chair. Could, you could argue that it's a really impressive achievement that um, Rob does because when they're in the hotel room with the uh, Banjo and Sullivan band mm-hmm. – you absolutely hate them because they're doing these horrible, horrible oh, things yeah, dude. When he, uh, to these people, especially yeah. the women in the hotel yeah, room. Yeah, when he makes the the wife go down on him I mean, in front of right. Sullivan. I mean, these are these are horrible, horrifying things that are happening. Nothing is funny about it, right? Mm-hmm. But an hour later, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm on board with them. Did we forget <laughs> what, just, what they did, you know? Yeah. Uh, like when they get in a fight over stopping for ice cream. 
the tutti fucking fruity scene. Uh, <laughs> it was just great. <laughs> it's it's only going to take five seconds. Yeah, and that five seconds of my life will I will not get back. We're stopping to get y'all ice cream. Yeah, Otis is so great. And the, the, the dynamic between Otis and Captain Spaulding is sort of a this sort of power dynamic that they're trying to assert their dominance on the other mm-hmm. right? until the very end, which, I mean, we, we can get to that later. Yeah, yeah, you definitely see that in the hotel scene when Captain Spaulding finally catches up with them. Um, you know... Uh, Otis wants to kill the last remaining member and uh, Captain Spaulding was like no just leave her for some maid and he's like I got a better idea and that's when they mutilate poor Brian Fossein's corpse and the other lady in the bathroom and then hang the last girl on the coat rack and but, put her husband's yeah, face I was about on to her say, well what is she wearing though <laughs> her husband's face that Otis cut off Oh, and Jesus. wears that's the uh, you know when he goes back to the hotel room he's wearing it right yeah um, Otis loves to cut people's faces off yeah and body too because you know in House of Thousand Corpses he's actually wearing like a skin suit mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Walton Goggins body as well yeah, I think it's Walton Goggins yeah, yeah. I think what if he's like sort of inspired by uh, Buffalo Bill probably a little bit like, I wouldn't doubt that um you know, I mean, it's, you know, and the actual real person that person is based on, which is Ed Gein, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's hard Which not, they're talking about, Ed Gein and... Yeah, it's hard not to, to be inspired, for lack of a better word, for those sort of gruesome acts because they're, you mm-hmm. know, you can't yeah. top it, right? Yeah. yeah. I just saw... A, Reality is stranger than fiction, as they say. Right. I mean, I just saw a, a B movie the other day called Terrifier. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it is extremely <laughs> gruesome. And it's it's shock value for shock value's sake, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he hangs this woman upside down and saws her down the middle, whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I say... I, <laughs> I said that like it wasn't the most gruesome thing I've ever seen in a movie, <laughs> which it is probably. Um, but he also wears, you know, skin of a person in that movie, too. I mean, it's... You know why? Because it, it will always be creepy. It's always going to be way over the top because mm-hmm. we can't believe people actually have done that, right? Yeah, and you know that, and I, I was telling you off, Mike, that was my thing with House of a Thousand Corpses is that a lot of the gruesome stuff in there was just for shock value, mm-hmm. not really any you know narrative purposes. Like when he reveals Rain Wilson and he's sewed and made Rain Wilson fish boy. Fish boy, yeah. I, I was just like, ah, really? Like... I'm like, come on, Rob, you're better than that. You didn't like the fish boy? But, you know, the shock value in Devil's Rejects was almost kind of, I was okay with because it was for the narrative and for the plot. Like when he, you know, kills Roy Mm -hmm. and I don't know the guy's name, he cuts his face off. Like that was a very intense, very brutal, Mm -hmm. shocking scene, but it worked for the scene. Yeah. I mean, House of a Thousand Corpses is, is kind of like... Like, you know, since Halloween time, it's kind of like a haunted house. Yeah. You're just going through it, and none of it's connected. Just like, oh, there's a dead body. Oh, there's a creepy witch. Oh, there's a, you know. Yeah. And it's just one thing after the next, just to be like, just to try and creep you out. And it's not, like, nothing connects, really, mm. but it's too, you know, that's all it is. It's a little disorienting. Yeah. And you're right, nothing. And you're just like, well, what? why am I seeing this? <laughs> like, I'm watching a movie. I'm not trying to go through a haunted house. <laughs> you know, and, and sidebar, I found out. <clears throat> so when I started watching The Devil's Rejects last night, and they pull up to the farmhouse, which was a different farmhouse from different the first house. one. That is correct. I was like, that looks really familiar. I've seen that before. And being, uh, as I found out, being a Supernatural fan, that's where they shot the pilot. For the first episode of Supernatural. That is correct. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Isn't that cool? I didn't know that. Well, it's the same house. And it yeah. wasn't, I mean, it was in that same year. Yeah, I was about to say, because, yeah. I mean. Because it was 05. So I think that's when Supernatural started. Which yes. is yeah. crazy, because that show's been on for, forever. Oh, and the final season? Oh, no, I don't want to talk about it. I'm so sad. But uh, what's really cool about the difference between House of a Thousand and Devil's Rejects is the switch in subgenre, as we've been alluding to. Yeah. You know, um, 
Thousand Corpses was supernatural, demonic, right? With Dr. Satan. Which um, I want to say, because I don't know, but, you know, when you see Otis in the ritual makeup, mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if that's where the band Ghost gets their makeup from. Because the lead singer... Uh, for their first like three albums, that's how we painted his face. Could be. Um, well, it actually wasn't his face. But... Oh, that's right. It was a mask. It's a mask. That's it's right. Each each which is each be... album, it's been a mask. I don't. I don't like the band anyway. But I don't know who you guys are talking about. They're, that's okay. They're a satanic band, and uh, they oh, were protest- protested when they came here to Midland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like straight up, dude. Like the, uh, one one <clears throat> church actually went around. Like actually did like a prayer circle around the Wagner and Noel mm-hmm. and prayed the well, day before the concert. <laughs> actually, I heard they weren't allowed to do that from Wagner and Noel. Oh, that's right. So they, they tried did. to, but they're like, "Hey, we have this other property. You could go here." <laughs> and it was like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and the, and so the lead singer. So apparently, the whole thing with Ghost is like the satanic imagery and like lyrics. Mm-hmm. Really, the lead singer doesn't believe in any of it. It's all for theatrics. Yeah. And, like, so he was told about that, that they did that. And he was, like, after the sh- like they'd come, done their show, they left. And he was, like, like okay. Yeah, like, it's not going to stop us from playing. Like, yeah. Like, good for them, I guess. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, but, right. So. But, anyway, anyway. And then the switch to Devil's Rejects, where it is the same horror genre, sort of. Yeah. But. They switch that that subgenre. It's now grounded in reality. There's, you know, there's no supernatural elements involved in it, um, and I, you know, that's probably, <laughs> maybe that's why. Like when I wrote my paper on the Devil's Rejects in college, I had to write it on the the critic reviews, right? Mm-hmm. I had to pick like three reviews. And they have to be mixed. Like, if you have a good one, you have to have a bad one. Right. And surprisingly, a good one was Roger Ebert. Gave it three out of four. I read one that he, uh, that he also... Um, and he hated House of a Thousand Corpses, which means... Well, but apparently I he mean, likes Three From Hell. Well, the well, whoever's running Roger Ebert's website now likes Three From Hell. Mm-hmm. They gave it four out of four. Oh, that's cool. Anyway. Um, so three out of four. Which, for- which is pretty substantial. That's a pretty cool achievement to you know mm-hmm. it's sort of the the way he has us hate the three of them in the hotel room but we love them at the end of the movie right mm-hmm. it's like yeah i'm going to show you these these characters in house of a thousand corpses and i'm going to make this movie and you know i'm going to throw everything at you but in devil's rejects i'm going to dial it way down and we're just going to sit with these guys for a while. Yeah. I wonder if that was planned from, like, the very beginning. See, it's the new Coke thing. Because <laughs> he made, you know, he made House, like, pre-2000. Mm-hmm. 1998 or 99 or something. Yeah. But then didn't release it but until... But didn't, like, sat on it and wasn't edited until then. Came out, like, 03, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And no. Then, yeah, yeah. Apart. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I wonder if, like, he was... While he was editing it, I guess, in that time, or what if he like planned it before he even shot? That That's a really good point. Because that would be that would be interesting to know. Yeah, no, that would be that would be interesting because I feel like not just because <laughs> a lot of people, you know, I think it was just an accident, and they're just like, hey, these characters are the most interesting of things, so we'll just take right, them. or it just happened to work, right? Yeah. And you know, it argues that maybe if he had he had shot Doctor Satan, as Doctor Satan subplot within the Devil's Rejects but took it out. Yeah, and because... Out, you he, know, you would wonder if it would have the same critical acclaim, which is so weird to say for a movie like this to have critical acclaim, but mm-hmm. it did. And if you would have left it in, you know, yeah. who knows? You know, I, I want I to do another sidebar because when I was watching House of a Thousand Corpses and they started talking about Dr. Satan, all I could picture was another movie of Rob Zombie's, which is based on his comic book... Uh, the Haunted World of El Super Bisto, yeah. <laughs> which he made a movie of. I have not seen it. It is fucking hilarious. Is it really good? It is so funny. And Paul Giamatti plays Dr. Satan. But it, this version of Dr. Satan, he is like a little devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has a red face and little horns. But the character in this version is he's he's just a normal dude who wants all the powers of hell. And so he, I guess, dyes his face red and sharpens his ears and 
somehow grows horns. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'm sure they explained it in the comics. I've never read the comics. But every time they kept talking about Dr. Satan, all I could imagine was Paul Giamatti's voice. Because there's a scene where he screams uh, that he's going to get all the sudsy powers of hell. And that's all I could hear when they're like, yeah, Dr. Satan. And I was like, yeah, get the sudsy powers of hell. Um, and even in, because I listened to the commentary today on the Devil's Rejects, and they were saying that when they were putting that body into the ambulance after the shootout, it's Dr. Satan's body. Um, and if you were to open the... If you went on set and opened the ambulance, it was the actor who played Dr. Satan. Like, it was act, it's him. Like, because again, he was going to have a full thing. Like, in the and beginning then, part of the movie? Or? Throughout the entire movie. But I mean, yeah. Oh, interesting. Because there's another scene where they have a mother firefly um, in the basement of the, you know, the interrogation room or whatever, the basement of the sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the officers is covered in blood. You assume it's from the shootout, but it's actually from the hospital scene that we talked about off mic with Rosario Dawson and Dr. Satan killing Rosario Dawson. And, does, and doesn't he use that image for his poster of the Devil's Rejects of like a hallway in it was, looks like a hospital? Oh, yeah. And a hand. An arm. Yeah, I is. think it's – is it a hospital? I always assumed I, it was the hotel or the motel. Know. It looked like it was. I don't know. Maybe we should get uh, an intern or Alex can look it up. Yeah, or Alex can look it up, I guess. <laughs> Alex, you have to come every week because <laughs> usually we have to do this. <laughs> Well, and the good thing about having my phone now, it's the it's the it's the motel. It's the motel. motel. That's what because it's got the color TV thing in the which cop car, which the poster I love. Well, see, yeah, but the imagery is really this summer. Go to hell. (laughs) Good God, (laughs) the tagline's great. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Um, the taglines have gotten so much better now, dude. So, speaking of a go to hell one, someone was posting about. that fucking Sam Raimi movie, Drag Me to Hell. Which is actually, I actually like. I, I love Sam Raimi. So. I love Sam Raimi. And I get what he was trying to do with Drag Me to Hell. But I do not like that movie. Anyway, the tagline of that is like, you know, Sarah has a good job, a great boyfriend, you know, something like that. He's, but this summer, she's going to hell. And I was just like, really? That's funny. <laughs> really? <laughs> anyway. I don't know. That's I think, my two I think Evil Dead 2 is one of the one of the best. Oh no, Evil Dead. Horror dude, films Evil Dead 2 is fucking awesome. Yeah, one of the best B movie horror films of all time. And then Army of Darkness is of course it. Well, because you know <laughs> the first Evil Dead he had fully intended to make a legitimate horror movie. It just didn't work. Like out Stephen that way. King even loved it and was like, Yeah, this is a- I mean, no, I do really like it's just Evil but Dead 2 is better. But well, because you Welcome know, he had a limited budget, limited effects, and so people thought it was a comedy, and he was like I can do something with this. And then he's like, he basically just made it again. Yeah, Evil Dead 2 was a, just a rehash. It's better, you know. And then Army of Darkness is just... I guess I wouldn't say better. It's just his intention was... More clear in, in, in Evil Dead 2. One, that's right. Dead by Dawn, which is the <sighs> subtitle that no one really knows. Anyway. <laughs> Welcome back to the same... Oh, man, same Raimi podcast. Dude. Spinoff. All right, anyway. <laughs> Um, let's see what else do I have on here. I have lots of things on here. I do want to mention, and I mentioned it to Rain later. We got to quit doing that. <laughs> we got to quit talking before these. Um, uh, but I, the only complaint I have about this movie. Yes. You, yes. Your one complaint. My one complaint, because I do truly love this movie, and I'm glad we're talking about it. But the only complaint I have is they spoon-fed you their aliases. They go, oh, right. they're they're all Groucho Marx characters from, you know, Duck Soup, Animal Crackers, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know, that should be just for the diehard movie history fanatics, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this should be just like, hey, I get it. Wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge, I gotcha. Right. You know, but instead they, you know, they have the, the Gene Shallot-esque a film critic come and explain it to William Forsythe and everybody. And then he, you know, complains about how <clears throat> Elvis Presley's death overshadowed uh, Groucho Marx's death. Which is true. And also, and like I told you, it happened to Ferris Fawcett because she died the same day Michael Jackson did, you know? Yeah. So, and of course, William Forsythe's character, he was like, William Forsythe had the idea to really overreact because he felt his character would like be a Elvis Presley fanatic. <laughs> and so he's like, what'd you say about the king? Yeah, yeah. And then he says, <laughs> yeah, then he's like, if you say one more bad thing about uh, Elvis Aaron Presley, 
He says his full name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Private which, Aaron, uh, Elvis Aaron. Presley. Which I did not know Elvis Presley's middle name is Aaron. Yep. One well, A, apparently. Just one A. Oh. A Aaron. Ron. So it's just Aaron. Aaron. It's a shame. Elvis Aaron Presley. Oh, man. Does it sound as cool now? Our apologies to uh, Key and Peel. Um, that wouldn't it wouldn't work. Your joke wouldn't work. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a good. Th- it's a good thing most errands have two A's. Thank God. Yeah. Right. Anyway, <laughs> but I do. I really like that. Um, that that little thing. Well, it's great in House of a Thousand because it's not. You know. They don't tell the audience. Right. These are Groucho Marx characters. Yeah. Right. Um, It's sort of in – it's like a blink and you miss it in like Wolf of Wall Street. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Wolf of Wall Street. Um, But you guys do know probably that Scorsese is a film fanatic just like we are. Yes. If not more because, you know, he's been alive longer and so he gets to, you know. Yeah. You know, gets more information in his brain for film history. But when all of the executives are in the in the conference room, they go, um, "Ubu gaba, one of us." Ubu, you know, whatever they're doing mm. that thing. It's from Freaks uh, from 1932, mm. and that's what um, they the the Freaks did to the woman trying to get the money. For that's them. right, um, and that's that's the chant they would say as they oh, were yeah. killing or mutilating this woman um, because we're gonna make you one of us. Ubu gaba, one of us, and that's a, and it, he didn't spoon feed it to you. He's not saying this is from Freaks, you know. Yeah. We get to know because we love movies too, right? Yeah. And so that's the one complaint I have about Best part of that movie is when uh, they're all chasing yeah. and there's that one freak that doesn't have any arms or legs and he's, he's like got the crawling around in, in the mud and he has a knife in his mouth. But he's like crawling like nobody can pick the poor guy up and like take him with you. <laughs> like what's wrong with you people? It is the creepiest part of that movie is watching that guy crawl he's like, on that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's a great movie. We should do that later. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a great movie. Um, Sorry. So Thanks. I want to I want to bring up because I didn't uh, I didn't know that this guy was in the movie, and I didn't even know who he was until I watched an episode of Shark Tank. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page <laughs> with Danny Trejo in. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm like, that guy looks familiar. And I looked at it, I was like, oh! Because he went to Shark Tank and tried to pitch his uh, fucking man yoga thing. He's got a great face, you know? Like Danny Trejo, Sid Haig, um, Bill... Oh my god! I almost forgot his last name because I just said it, didn't yeah. I? Mosley, thank you. Yeah. Um, I they all have great, really distinct faces, mm-hmm. right? So he was a great choice to be alongside Danny. Well, and and I like what Rob did to him. He like gave him like a scar by his eye, mm-hmm. like gave him like really long hair, fucked up teeth. Yeah, it didn't try to really like hide who it was, but at the same time was like, like oh, you're you're gonna try to figure out who this guy is. Um, I gotta say, for for a for a retired professional wrestler, he's a pretty good actor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he held his own uh, own with a uh, William Forsythe. So, all right, Rand, you ready? I have a a fun. Do you know this connection oh, for Jesus. you? So last week was do you know the Star Wars connection? And I almost got gotcha. you. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that I didn't know that Julian, um, his manservant was Darth Vader. In a Clockwork Orange. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was, yeah, dude, I was like, oh, fuck, it's Darth Vader. Um, okay. Do you know the Rugrats connection to oh, Jesus. the Devil's Rejects? Oh, fuck me. Is it, is it someone that voiced a Rugrat? Oh, fuck. I don't Give me a second. I'm trying to think of who might have done one. You have 10 seconds because people are going to listen to Yeah, I know. Air. They're going to be like, it's just dead air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just tell me. Um, the main whore at the whorehouse played Tommy Pickles. Oh, uh, Charlie's uh, main mm-hmm. squeeze. Mm-hmm. Hmm. She's the one that pitched the Star Wars. Uh, oh, yeah. oh shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's and, great. And she's got great. Tommy Pickles. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think. No, she's not Tommy Turner. She is Tommy Pickles, though. Timmy Turner is uh, yeah, it's a different woman. Terrace uh, Strong. Mm-hmm. This is uh, E B someone. Oh shit, I forgot her name. I'm sorry, no. but uh, again, we need an intern, <laughs> and an intern that makes as much money as we do, which is zero doing this. Yeah, um, and just quiet. 
Yeah, silent, someone who can just shut up just and silently, just like, like <laughs> shut up and do our keyboard clicks in the background. Yeah, here you go. Uh, well, that's that's you know, Rugrats connection. That's too. crazy. And also, she, Ken uh, Forey is in Dawn of the Dead. So there's that. who? Uh, Ken Forey. He was uh, he played Charlie in. And he played Charlie in Devil's Rejects. Oh, he plays a character named oh see, Peter I kept feeling like I've seen OG him Dominic. somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere else. Have you seen the OG Dominic? Seventy-eight. Not in a long time. Pretty good. Actually, not good. at all. It is really good. You want to see some nice bluish gray zombies? Yeah, bluish gray zombies. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's as good as Night of the Living Dead, which is know. which yeah. deserves its own episode later on, because um, that was you know the sixty-eight like classic zombie episode. Ooh, I would oh. be good for that. One. Oh, it would be great man. for that. You're right. Yeah, it, it would be like uh, the episode of uh, Noir. I, I, I'd probably just sit and listen, and then <laughs> and then kind of chime in at little parts. Uh, so in. Uh, I, dude, okay. I want to talk about the ending. Okay. Because kind of chopping <sighs> at it a little bit, but all right. I intentionally <laughs> didn't tell you. Sorry. I just have to get this off. Because I have never been so angry watching the end of a fucking movie in my life. <laughs> this? So, you know. It's interesting. So they get away. You have a very low threshold. From from <laughs> they get away from Wydell and they're driving away. Freebird is playing. Oh, so great, by the way. And Otis stops the car. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're out of gas or something. And then, you know, I see the blockade. I was like, oh fuck. They're fucked, dude. Like there's no way they're getting out of this. So I thought, okay, maybe I'm like, okay, there's a third one. And I'd read that they they go to jail. I'm like, okay, maybe they surrender. And I should have known they weren't going to fucking surrender because it's the Firefly family. Firefly family. And so they all load up and they fucking gun it to this blockade, trying to shoot as many cops as they can, which I don't even think they hit anyone. Well, they don't show you the other side. Not really, right? No, they do. They could, he cuts um, back and forth. I think, you know, you see more of the, the three of them. But um, the, well, let me cut you off because the when I had mentioned to the, the power dynamic between Otis and, and Captain Spaulding, it's you kind of get a nonverbal sort of understanding when he gives... Him the shotgun. The shotgun, right? Because it's the bigger gun, yeah. right? The better gun. So you get that sort yeah. of, you know, understanding. Anyway, but, go but ahead. Anyway, so the, so the cops are, are just like loading them up with bullets, man. And it's very blatantly obvious. They are all getting hit multiple times. And then it just fucking ends. Like, really? Like, oh! I was really mad. I'm sorry for the yelling. Like, that just... Fucking! You should be mad. I mean, you should, you should have known they were gonna die. The third movie is called Three from Hell. No, they don't die. That's <laughs> the thing. Three from Hell. They miraculously survived this fucking shootout. No. Lazy. They're called running. the Devil's Rejects. Hell rejected them. <laughs> so, Does that not make sense? <laughs> so, um, and I told, and I told Brad this. All right, fucking I said if you think that's lazy writing, goddamn writing, then you're calling God a lazy writer because. 50 Cent got shot nine times and survived. And then, so. and then he's going to try to tell me that Tupac and Biggie are still alive. Okay, first off, they are. All right? They've made a Where they at? They made a uh, non-disclosed location, dude. All right? I personally know a guy who's been shot like five or six times. There you go. And he's still alive. Wow. One of them was just walking home from school one day in high school. He's a stranger man. Yeah. I mean, probably more so now than ever before. Just saying, man. We blatantly see them getting hit. Multiple times. I'm I mean, just saying it's, it's possible. A little bullet anyway. Yeah. What? What? I mean. <laughs> just. Saying. I mean, you know the thing. You shoot yourself with smaller caliber bullets to build up an immunity. That's right. That's the thing. <laughs> it's the Iocane powder. Uh, <laughs> exactly. This isn't the Princess Bride, <laughs> which I just actually bought the 40th anniversary edition uh, on iTunes and uh, immediately Is it watched that old? it. Forty years? No. Uh, it might be. We're just gonna keep. Talking and I'm okay. gonna look it up at um, the same time. All right, what do I have written down here that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I have. Oh, I do want to mention a little small connection to our noir episode because we spoke um, in length a little bit about Night of the Hunter, which is one of my favorite films of all time, um, with uh, Robert Mitchum, and you know he's the murderer that comes in that whatever. But it's where we get the love hate. Um, Tattoo on his knuckles, right? Oh yeah. And Captain Spaulding has it on his knuckles. You can see when he's um, 
waiting for the commercial to start. You see him pour the coffee, and there's hate, and he's holding the coffee mug in the other hand later. Well, you can love. see hate in, yeah. the, in the house. Okay, do you? Yeah. I, but then you can see it better more in the right. Day. So he has the love hate tattoos as well, and it's about thirty two years. Oh, so Princess 30. Bride. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> you got to get the Cartarian, bro. Got to get that Cartarian collection. I mean, he already go. flexed on me by showing me all his. I flex notes all the time about my Cartarian collection. <laughs> Ashley doesn't understand that term. Flex nuts? Yeah. <laughs> And now it's on the fucking recording. <laughs> One of my favorite rap songs of all time, uh, Damn Feels Gonna Be a Gangster, <laughs> uh, references Flex and Nuts. And, well, and, you know, and, you know, an office space uh, totally helped out with that, especially when he's unscrewing the handle and he pops it <laughs> at the end of the fucking... It shocks him every day. I get it. All right. There's a lot of things I want to do to my office. <laughs> at work um, anyway right so the love hate I just wanted to you know yeah. it's a cool little connection to our new art so yes a lot of connections this episode yeah Rograts Noir um, so I also want to talk about like that this was also the last movie um, I can't think of the, the actor's name but he plays Tiny mm-hmm. it was his final movie yeah um, Matthew. He was also in Big Fish. Dude, if you guys, I, fu- uh, I fucking love Big yeah, Fish. Yes, so great man. Yeah, it is great. He was also in that. He was the giant. I firmly believe, like whenever you know they have those Matthew McGorry. Yeah, when they have those uh, newscasts of like, you know hidden identities, and they have that really deep voice. I think he just voices over. <laughs> you think it just? Did you ever listen to his voice yeah. just by itself? Yeah. It's like the deepest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And apparently... Megan Matthew in here. Did you just shut up? <laughs> apparently, um, he had twisted his ankle during one of the scenes. And, like, they had to stop production for a little bit because, you know, his bones had become so fragile by that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you could visibly tell in that final scene with Tiny when he's walking back to the house that he's... Matthew was really struggling to get... Yeah, get through it. But and what a really cool way to to show that he just felt so helpless after his family goes away because you know he knows they're not coming back, right? His only choice is to go in that house mm-hmm. while it's on fire. Well, and then you know, I will say that even though I was very vocally angry at the ending, oh boy. I do like as soon as it. You know, cuts to black, and then you know we get you know uh, a shot of you know road as it's playing the in credits, but we get a in loving memory of yeah. Matthew. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like that somewhat makes up for it. Yeah, he uh, Rob Zombie needed a helicopter shot, and he said he wanted to use every shot that they had because renting a helicopter is expensive. So, <laughs> really? so that's what the uh, the the credit sequence was was the. Was all so helicopter all, shot? All the shots that they didn't use for yeah. when they got away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, I just want all of it. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and I and I feel like it's kind of poetic in how Rob wrote how Tiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's you assume that Tiny dies, and this being Matthew's last movie. Yeah, you know. And also, I really love how. And I think it's the only way to make it look as authentic as possible. Every scene he sort of, you know, like in the very, in the opening credit sequence, we have those small clips, freeze frame, small clip, freeze frame, Mm -hmm. right? Those were shot as full scenes with dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. And he just decided to, you know. Trim it down. Right. And. I think that really helps because if not, they would just be pantomiming things, right? It's the same in the car at the very end. That was shot full scene, full dialogue. Um, and so it would seem fake if they were just like carrots and peas, 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 <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but instead, you know, they have these full scenes of dialogue and he just cuts it, you know? Yeah, or, you know, and like when they steal that lady's car. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah, exactly. You can clearly tell that baby's telling her something. Right. But we don't know because he's playing a music track. Also in the, when uh, Danny Trejo and the other guy, I forgot his name. Uh, Diamond. Thank you. Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, when they get to the, to the whorehouse and. They start killing everyone. All of those scenes had dialogue too. So, but he thought that, you know, really we just need their faces and their reactions. 
but it again it helps the flow and it helps the actors and it helps the scene feel real mm-hmm. you know even though we don't we can't hear the dialogue we're not getting to see these full scenes play out it helps that they were shot that way I think right so yeah I mean like um I, I did enjoy The Devil's Rejects a lot more than I did House of a Thousand Corpses yeah. um <laughs> Just because I really, I really kind of didn't really like feel for the characters, but I felt like, okay, like these are like, you know, could be real people, you know, as we're in House of a Thousand Corpses, they were just like, like characters of, I was just about to say caricatures. Oh my God. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but like, Dude, we just become best friends. Like, <laughs> like Baby, for instance. Like, I found Baby very annoying in House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh yeah, yeah. But in Devil's Rejects, she's much more grounded and almost mature, mm-hmm. except for the whole tootie fucking fruity scene. <laughs> but, but you know, then the same goes for Otis. I felt like he, you know, he was just some inbred redneck hillbilly. But in Devil's Rejects, he was more. You know, of the leader trying to keep his family safe, and we gotta get the hell out of here. Kind of. Now, I do want to ask Alex a question. Um, the film *Devil's Rejects* takes place narratively eight months after *House of a Thousand Corpses*. Would you say Otis's beard tracks that timeline? <laughs> As you have a very great, glorious beard that I'm looking at in front of me. I think it could. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. He, so he, he, just, he just uses his willpower, just like yeah, yeah just <laughs> clown power. Yeah, like he's a uh, <laughs> he's one of those um, squishy Plato people that can. Uh, <laughs> and when you squish him down, squish his head, is it oh, gross? Yeah, because it goes from like these really long, gross mutton chops to like a full, nice beard. Yeah. Um, I did read that uh, Bill Mosley actually shaved a portion of his head mm-hmm. so the the wispy wig would fit on. Yeah. Kind of. That's uh, dedication. Right? It is dedication. Yeah. I mean, Karen Gillan completely shaved her head when she first played Nebula. Sure. And, then, Nebula and uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. For 11. Yeah, she really <sighs> he doesn't like Stranger Things. I don't like that show at all. Uh, <laughs> He's been very vocal. <laughs> There's several episodes of him going like, yeah, I can't believe you brought up Stranger Things. Of course. And of course, we find a way to bring it up here. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I do, season four teaser, though? Oh, shit. <laughs> I hate everything. I do want to say that also in Captain Spaulding's character, I do love that when he takes off the clown makeup, it stays off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of... You know, it's sort of leaving the House of a Thousand character behind, you know, sort of. Yeah, because, you know, yeah. I don't even think we see him without it in House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, no, even at the very end of House of a Thousand Corpses, it's still very, like, almost he's begun to wipe it off, but Mm -hmm. you could still see, like, his, you know, exaggerated eyebrows, and it's still kind of white on his face a little bit. It's sort of a divine sort of a deal with the blue, right? Mm -hmm. Do you guys know who divine is in uh, the John Waters films? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's sort of like that-esque, right? His hair is not... I guess it would, because he's bald. So, I mean, yeah, it still makes sense. Um, Uh, But yeah, in The Devil's Rejects, once he gets to the motel, he washes it off, and it it stays off. It stays off. Right. Which is great. And I also love the dream sequence versus reality. Yeah, dude. I, I was not expecting a a very loud and very uh, <laughs> exaggerated sex scene. Uh, with a real-life porn star, Ginger Lynn. She's a, oh, wow. Uh, and you don't see her left leg because she had a cast on. And so she had to like, you know, but she's a pro. <laughs> you know, she, uh, you know, not her first rodeo, as it will. Uh, she had to like th- throw her leg on the other side of him and hide it. Um, she couldn't just be kneeling with both right, with both right, legs. She had to throw because yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, she just showed up on set with crutches that day. He goes, well, shit, <laughs> you know. She goes, I, think, I got. It. I think she should have left it in there. I think she should have been hilarious. Um, yeah. I, I will say, there. honestly, yeah. I kind of would fit with like Absolutely. the absurdity of the movie. You do, you do. Uh, I wasn't looking, but in the camera shot, you do see a wisp of uh, Sid Haig's... Uh, scrot. 
Yeah. I was like, ah, come you on, do, yeah. Rob. I'm like, I don't want to see that, bro. You do, but again, it's... Rob doesn't care what you want. <laughs> I know, he doesn't. Yeah, he well, doesn't. then again, I did watch the unrated version, so... So did I, yeah. So, um, yeah. I think it's the only way to watch anything. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> censorship should not be allowed. Fuck the NBA, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jack Valente is looking up at us from hell right now. All right, that guy is the worst person. Is he dead? Right, yeah. Jack Valente. He, so. he created the NPA. Oh. Yeah. So it's his is it's his fault. That the NPA is his fault, absolutely. That that we have uh, our ratings. Well, it's the reason our rating system is set up the way it is. Is uh, Jack Valente's fault? Because oh. I think there was a rating system in place before he got there, but uh, but then he was like, he was like, oh, you. Uh, you show boobs but no violence PG I think uh, PG-13 and NC-17 are 100% his idea yeah but we are. but but you you gave credit to uh, Temple of Doom right I did give credit to uh, <laughs> he doesn't like Temple of Doom by the way I, I think uh, Last Crusade is way better Shit. <laughs> Sorry, this is a this is not a visual medium. He the look he just gave me was <laughs> was are you stupid? <laughs> I'll take it. Um, no, I mean, I just I I think I agree too. I like the last Woo! I never said I didn't like it. I said it's just not my favorite. You're crazy. All right. I like Last Crusade over Temple of Doom. Fucking oh, God, Temple of Doom Yay. is the best one. I will give um, correction. Spielberg credit for because it was Gremlins and Temple of Doom and he and Jack Valente came up with yeah. uh, but NC-17 I think was all Jack Valente's fault dude and do we know, even use NC-17 mm-hmm. we still yeah. do really yeah blue is the warmest color of NC-17 well, yeah because they're licking on each other's vaginas so was like shame and of course it's an American thing so I mean you yeah. know those rating systems. I mean, it's the Motion Picture Association of America. So, uh, anyway, right. I'm just saying, Blue the Warmest Color is not an American film, so it's well, weird no. that it has an NC-17 rating. But anyway, go ahead. Anyway, so the dream sequence. Yeah, the, just the and the reason why the woman is as large as she is is because in House of a Thousand, he says uh, the 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 bigger the cushion, the better the pushing, and so he had to have a very large girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, to back up that statement and yeah. good for them you know what do what you preach that's what I say yeah and then he just bails on her he does that is good continuity on Rob's own it is good continuity on Rob's own <laughs> <laughs> and the, the house they were filming in the only thing they added was the pornography in the bathroom the clown uh, painting because um, the house was abandoned everything else was still there holy shit really yeah so they didn't really have to do anything. Well, that's kind of sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> so Rob was like, cool, free house. Let's, let's yeah, go cool, free house. Yeah. Free house, free production value. Cool. <laughs> you know? And so they didn't really I have mean, to do anything. I mean, he's a vegan, so either. yeah, he'll take anything free. Wow. That's, oh. wow. <laughs> All right, then. Oh, Jesus. I mean, I'm not saying I would ever convert to veganism, but I don't think that. Is Joel Shoemaker a vegan? Probably. Probably. I mean, fuck, he wears, uh, he wears Native American necklaces. He might be Native American. You don't know that. With the name like Schumacher? You don't know that. Okay. We an alias. <laughs> I mean, in his case, it would just be like a pseudonym <laughs> or a pen name, not a name. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be a name. Uh, alias, to me, has what like fugitive connotations. What if his real name was Toyrific? That'd be great. Like Joel, Joel Toy- Toyrific? Yeah. And he had to change it to Schumacher. Yeah. Shoemaker. Shoe, shoe, shoes. Shoes. Uh, shoes makers. Shoe, shoes. Shoes makers. Anyway, shoot, shoot, free production value. Shoot, 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 shoot the guy, shoot, shoot, shoot the guy in the in the in the two thousand dollars. Have you guys not seen? Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I know we're both it's looking a, at you like Arrested Development, uh, the show. Um, wasn't Netflix going to do another season of that? I don't know. The first three are amazing and masterpieces. The, the Netflix ones are okay, but they're not as good as the other ones. But anyway, he <laughs> he has in. Um, Think about it. If you're going to make a reference, you got to explain it. I know, right? Okay, <laughs> I know. And I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it. Jason Bateman, so sorry. David no, Cross, Michael no, Sarah, Will no. Arnett. Will Arnett, thank you. Okay. So Will Arnett's character, Job. Um, uh, the magician. Goes on a rant, and he gets really... 
really wound up when someone asks him to do something, especially if it was like, like, can you carry this box or something? And he wants to say, so so the guy in the $2,000 suit's going to carry the box. Come on. But instead he goes, so, so, so the guy, so, so, so the guy. And he'll, he keeps stuttering and hyperventilating and he just wants to say, he wants to flex nuts that he's wearing a $2,000 or $3,000 suit, but it's, it's too funny. You guys need to watch Arrested Development. I, I love Will Arnett, though. He's great. He uh, He's the second best Batman voice, opposed to Kevin Conroy. Anyway. I'd agree with him. Anyway, back to fucking... Back, welcome back to the Will Arnett podcast. Uh, Bojack Horseman. I'm in. Should win an Emmy. Should it have should, all the Emmys. It should have all the Emmys. Uh, does it not have all the Emmys already? No. That should. Because it's I missing love the Bojack best Horseman. drama Emmy. I love Bojack Horseman. Oh, yeah. What a great achievement that is, too. The start off is comedy, sort of black comedy, to sometimes really dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, when Sue Lynn... Uh, wait, really have, sad. You, have you seen Bojack Horseman? No. Oh, oh fuck, I'm not going to ruin it then. Oh, no, All right, just call me when I make Emmy for Best Craft Services. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Devil's Rejects. I think that's pretty much all of it. I, I do want to say that I really dig the way this one was filmed. It was all handheld, and yeah. um, it really gives that documentary style. He never wanted to use the same shot twice, because, uh, yeah. like, in the shootout, mm-hmm. he didn't... He didn't just do, you know, camera here, camera here, let's cut between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted it to feel like sort of news footage, documentary style, oh shit, let me get out of the way sort of a deal. Ah, you know? okay. He also liked to shoot through things too, which gives like a little out of focus blob in the corners of things because he's shooting through like a shelf or something. Yeah. Kind of uh, like, you're, like you're almost there witnessing. Right, you're voyeuristic sort of a deal. Uh, I do want to say, um, so Ashley... Uh, was half paying attention to both well half paying attention to House of a Thousand Corpses but the end when the one girl gets away we joke that she was gonna get plowed by a fucking 18 wheeler and she doesn't but it happens but it happens in the devil's rejects I was like yes dude it, that when I saw it the first time I was like oh shit yeah cause she just tore up yeah and you know it, they took it from actual uh, like pictures of people getting run over on truck. It actually does look like that because we, I've seen it and you were probably at the same assembly in high school where it was like a drunk driving thing. We all had to go to the auditorium and they showed us for real like pictures of people getting smeared on the sidewalk. Maybe I was sick that I don't fucking remember. Oh dude, it was crazy. I don't remember half the shit from high school. I'll never forget it because I mean it was like a real person being smeared on the asphalt. It was disgusting. Jesus Christ. Just go to LiveLink and you'll find that again. Or Rotten.com. Is that still a... a fucking no. <laughs> Rotten.com. Do you remember Rotten.com? I do. Yeah. Anyway, Devil's Rejects. Uh, it's like it's like Rotten.com that moves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any uh, closing statements, Alex, about the movie? Uh, I just want to talk about, like... I mean, I haven't seen anything about what Three from Hell. I haven't I didn't seen I, a trailer. No, I haven't seen any, like... So photos of it? All I understand is I mean, they, I'm going to see it. Yeah, absolutely. All I understand is they miraculously survived this fucking he's shootout. So, he's so caught up on that. <laughs> Especially the miraculously part. Uh, and so they go to jail, but they, they're they not going to be contained in jail. That's awesome. Good for them. But anyway. And I know Sid Haig's not in a lot of it because they use that actor from 31 is like top build. Was he? Was I don't even know who that, who that was. Who is that actor? Uh, he was. He was the final guy with Siri Moon. Sherry Moon. Sorry. Sherry Moon Zombie. How was was he? Siri Moon Zombie. I don't know why I want to do that. Um, it was Sherry Moon Zombie. Was Sid Haig sick? I mean, yeah. I mean, he looks all of eighty, whatever he was when he passed away. In just in the the still photo I've seen. Yeah. Um, anyway, I forgot the guy's name. There he is. Um, Jeff Daniel. Fuck it, what do I? Jeff Phillips. Daniel Phillips. That's it. Yeah, he's also in. Uh, he's in Thirty One. He was in Westworld as well. Oh, I don't and, remember him in Westworld. Which I love. Westworld season three coming up. Very excited. With he was, with he was not Paul. in Thirty One. He was in the Lords. Of, oh, he was in Thirty One. Yes. He was also in the Lords of. Satan. If uh, Aaron Paul in season three of Westworld doesn't say 
Does it look like I have a screwdriver, bitch? Or science, bitch? Uh, I'm not watching it. Well, at all. Then I really hope you don't get to watch it because that's what we in the business call crossing the line. And uh, <laughs> you can't make reference to something popular because it takes you out of the moment. And what Yo, you're Mr. Watching. White. Yo, Mr. White. They got robots here. Well, how hip a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, magnets. Yeah, I, <laughs> anyway, I think it's a good place to, to to end the episode. Go see El Camino on Netflix streaming right now. I watched it last night. Um, it was absolutely incredible. Now we do want to mention getting paid for this. Yeah, um, by Netflix. Yeah, I'm getting paid by Vince Gilligan himself. Uh, go see uh, <laughs> stream El Camino right now. The, the episode Twice. of American Dad where uh, they start watching Breaking Bad. In reverse. Oh, the reversos. <laughs> and they find him dead in a fucking coffin in the middle of Albuquerque. Like I have I have this recording because I'm sure I'm very parched from the <laughs> from the heat. <laughs> and they're all and they're but like, I'm sure I'm shaking your hands right now. And they're like and they're like, in the envelope is the treasure. And they're like, it's a hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we do want to mention that um, uh, there will not be an episode next week. No. Um, because the three of us, uh, I am allowed to say this, uh, apparently, uh, the three of us are going to be visiting a movie set uh, called 12 Mighty Orphans that my uh, stepdad is working on. Oh, he's still awesome stepdad. That's cool. Yeah. Sorry, I don't. I don't do that with either of my parents' spouses because they got married when I was in my twenties. So, you know, he's my stepdad. All right, step daddy. Uh, step daddy's got. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, so the three of us are gonna be uh, going there on Thursday. So we will not be recording an episode. No. So enjoy the week off, everyone. Yeah, enjoy our not remedies. But I do want to tease uh, the, the week, week after, after that. Mm. I do want to tease the week after. Rain and I will be back discussing the amazing film 1991's Silence Sons of the Lambs. Lambs. Very excited about Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, with uh, with Anthony Hopkins. Like only 13 minutes of screen time, but we'll talk about it. Really? Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, we hope everyone enjoyed the uh, Devil's Rejects. Uh, Definitely go watch it. Oh, absolutely go watch the Devil's Rejects. And I'll even say watch House of a Thousand because you can't enjoy the nice days without rainy days. Uh, Yeah, you can go to Best Buy buy the two-pack, the same two-pack you gave me. Yes. That's I bought the order. I bought them individually because I hate the way the box is is set up. Anyway, that's not a good one. Well, uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. If I